Welcome into Turf Show Times, the podcast. I'm JB Scott. We're here with Last Minute Thoughts. We break down injuries, matchups, and everything you'd know 24 hours ahead of the game. And, you know, this week the Rams are taking on the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. They're technically the away team in this battle for L.A. And, you know, Blaine Greasack is usually here with us every weekend, but he couldn't make it. So we have Daniel Stone filling in on the podcast for the very first time. Excited to have him. And, Daniel, you just want to tell us when you started following the Rams initially and, uh, you know, maybe how much the Super Bowl meant to you a year ago and where we, where we are at now. Absolutely. I thank you for having me, JB. Just really happy to be here. Happy to help out in any way I can. I've been a Rams fan since I was a kid. My mom and dad were Rams fans. I'm told my dad took a trip to California as a kid, kind of saw the fearsome foursome on TV and just fell in love with Deacon Jones and the whole nine. Um, And I've been a Ram fan pretty much most of my life when I was real young Bills fan, but then converted to a Rams fan by about five or six and been that way ever since. Um, And I was just a Bills fan just because I grew up in PA near, near Buffalo. But regardless of all that, I can say the Super Bowl last year was a huge win. And and I don't want to speak for everybody, but the the Patriots loss in 18 was devastating. I mean, I was so upset when they lost that one. So to come back a few years later and win one, I'm a fan. I'm not on the team, but for some reason I felt so validated. It's just, I guess, crazy fandom as, as one might say, but that's kind of what makes me a Rams fan. And that's what the Super Bowl meant to me and wish they could have gotten back there this year, but we'll take what we can get. It was a heck of a season last year. Yeah, that 2018 2018 team just seemed so destined to win it, right, with Shami Bay in his second year and Jerry Goff really hitting his stride. And, you know, the Bengals in a lot of ways are in a similar situation. So luckily for us Rams fans, the Rams turned around and won the Super Bowl within, you know, two to three years. But maybe the Bengals have a bad taste in their mouth for longer. So uh, just grateful for having that experience, overcoming all those challenges. So uh, and one exciting game that happened a week ago was the Rams Christmas Day win over the Broncos. And it's not a lot of it's, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities to see your team score 50 points, um, especially over a team like the Broncos, where, you know, Russell Wilson's had a disappointing season. But that defense is so formidable already. And, you know, Patrick Sertan is a great player. They have some good pass rushers on that defense. So it was a total team victory across the board with some very strong individual performances included. Uh, you know, Daniel, how has your perspective changed over, you know, Baker Mayfield from his initial waiver claim coming over from the Panthers and over the last you know three games that he's had a chance to play with this team. I was excited, JB. I really, when they signed uh, or got Baker Mayfield off the waivers, as it were, I was excited and, and all due respect to John Wolford and Bryce Perkins. And, and I thought they fought admirably. I mean, I think John Wolford should have won that Seattle game defense kind of led up a little bit at the end there, which I get Seahawks deserve the win. And then Bryce Perkins, I thought he fought Kansas city hard at the same time. I'm not an expert by any means, but when you watch Baker play and run the offense, it just looks a lot better from what I saw John and Bryce doing. Um, Again, all due respect to those guys who I thought did a heck of a job. So it's been fun watching Baker. I think he's a bit of a lightning rod, which I know is cliche or corny, but when you watch him, the team seems to rally around him. Uh, He gets in other players' faces, which as long as he doesn't get a penalty for it, I kind of like it. And I mean, when he won against the Raiders with the, the strike to Van Jefferson at the end, and then Taylor Rapp gets the walk-off pick, I believe. I mean, wow, it was just I, – I know this sounds crazy, but I felt like they won the Super Bowl in that moment because we were so starved for a win. It was just so exciting. Yeah, and I was in person for that game. Uh, a scary crowd for the Raiders fans. Those guys are really intense. <laughs> but uh, like you said, you know, you and you immediately saw the improvement with Baker Mayfield's just natural arm talent over what Wolford and Perkins can do. And that allows these younger receivers opportunities to acclimate to the NFL further than what they already have. And, you know, this is an opportunity for Tutu Atwell to really 
prove that he deserves a spot in this offense for 2023 and allows you know we saw Ben Skronik take a couple steps forward in those games that he had with Mayfield though you know he suffered a season injury we're probably not going to see him anymore this year but you know and then last week against the Broncos you know you're playing a very specific type of defense scheme where you know you have to get Tyler Higby really involved with Bryson Hopkins you're not going to take a lot of downfield shots of these receivers and that's probably what you're looking at against Brandon Staley and this Chargers defense too where they're going to put that roof over the coverage so you're not going to see bombs away to Tutu Atwell you're probably going to see a heavy dose of Tyler Higby who by the way is questionable we're going to get injuries for the game and working those underneath things so you know Baker Mayfield has to be comfortable uh, taking the check downs, taking the underneath options, which is something he maybe struggled with early on in his Rams tenure. But I think he really took a step forward in that regard in that Broncos game. So, Daniel, any other young players that have really performed well in recent weeks that might be on their way to earning a role in 2023 and maybe beyond? Yeah, I think I read one of your articles on Turf Show Times recently, or at least skimmed it. I, I, if it wasn't you, it was somebody else, and I apologize. But the, I believe it's uh, – is it Kobe? Uh, yeah, Kobe Durant, the rookie corner, fourth rounder. I know he had the pick six, so I know that that's an easy name to kind of come up with. But I remember in the offseason, him and Jalen Ramsey were watching film and Jalen Ramsey told him, like, this is going to translate like what you have in college, you know, put the work in. It's going to translate not to not an exact quote, but if I remember correctly. And here we are watching him play. I think he's done a heck of a job filling in. I really think I know this isn't totally the question, but Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey have taken some of these younger guys without Aaron Donald. I mean, even Greg Games. I know a lot of people, I think it's Michael Hoyt, if I'm saying it right. A lot of people are kind of vibing with that young man. Um, they just got that guy from the Titans waiver, uh, Laryl uh, Turleson, if I'm not mistaken. I, if I'm butchering these names, I apologize. So there is some talent on the defense, even aside from the superstar names. Uh, anybody that stands out to you, if I may ask? Yeah, Durant's a good one. And, you know, he's been injured at times this year. And whenever he came back from injury, he was really relegated to special teams duties. So he's only had an opportunity to play four or five games in a major way on defense. And already he's come up with three interceptions. He's given up two touchdowns in coverage. You know, that's kind of tough, but um, he kind of a boomer bust type of corner. And the Rams just need someone on defense who has those ball skills and who can be a playmaker because and on offense and on defense, they sorely have lacked that at times this season. And Hoyt's another guy that you mentioned, yeah, that who's been a, a, a flashy player in terms of pass rush. And, you know, he's been productive in that regard at times, but Hopefully the Rams don't talk themselves into giving him a starting job in 2023. I think at best he's a, he's a role player, a situational contributor. And you know, I'm a big, big fan of what Tutu Atwell has done. And really he succeeded on offense this year, despite Sean McVay limiting him at every turn and not giving him a lot of opportunities. But when he's been on the field, he's done, you know, he's really flashed and he's really made explosive plays, multiple 50 yard catches, He's been good on those jet sweeps, especially if you go back to that Raiders game. It seemed like every time they gave him the ball, it was a first down automatically. So, yeah, I mean, it's people say it's a lost season, right? It's a really disappointing season for the Rams. Not what we, not the expectations we entered the year with, but whenever you see these young guys really take these developmental opportunities and make the most of them, that really gives you encouragement moving forward. And I think that's, you know, something we can take solace in as fans, despite, you know, our team not being where we want it to be. So, um, one of the things that's going to shape this matchup against the Rams and Chargers are, are injuries, and both teams are a little banged up heading into this game. First, right guard Ode Ibushi was briefly suspended after he fought with Randy Gregory after the Christmas Day game, but both players appealed that suspension and has since been reduced to a fine, so he's going to play. Also in the offensive line, Brian Allen's pretty much been shut down for the season. Coleman Shelton's going to be the starter at center, and Aaron Donald 
you know, it seemed like people thought he might play in this game. He's been ruled out. We're likely not going to see him for the rest of the year, along with wide receiver Ben Skoranek. Yep. Leonard Floyd and Tyler Higby are questionable on the injury report. If I had to guess, I'd say they'd probably play. But, you know, not not having Floyd in this game would be huge. Maybe Daniel Hardy or Keir Thomas get opportunities if Floyd's out. And then Higby, of course, we saw how involved he was last week against Ezero Ever- Evero's scheme with the Broncos. Brandon Staley runs that similar type of scheme with the Vic Fangio roots. So you're going to see a lot of underneath options. You're probably going to see Higby be a productive player again if he's able to play. And maybe we'll also see Bryson Hopkins continue to take a step forward after he was kind of a Super Bowl hero a year ago, and we haven't seen much from him since. So, Daniel, any thoughts on the injuries from the Rams' perspective? I will say, uh, just on a little bit of a different note with Tyler Higby, it is funny that finally with Baker Mayfield coming into play, he's getting touchdowns, which is just one of those things you get a core. He practices with Bryce Perkins and John Wolford and Stafford, but it took Baker Mayfield to come in and get him some touchdowns this year. It's just one of those things. As far as the injuries go, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head as far as it does seem like a lost season, but it gives some younger players an opportunity to step up and show what they can do. Hopefully it's a good humbling and growing experience. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these guys have had losing seasons on other teams, whether it goes back to little league or high school or whatever, but hopefully they can kind of use that to bounce back. Um, As far as the injuries that stand out, the offensive line has been beaten up all year. Um, I think there's been one game and it might've been the Raiders game where they actually started like the same offensive line combination, or it might've been Packers, but there was one game where they were able to go back to back with the same O-line combination. So I don't, they're just patchworking it in the, in the true definition of the word. So we'll see what happens. Chargers are good with Joey Bosa probably coming back. Even if he plays 10 snaps, I would guess those 10 snaps are going to be talked about and dissected and I'm sure he'll cause disruption. So we got our work cut out for us. I say like we like we're on the team. Rams got their work cut out for them, but hopefully Sean McVay's got a couple tricks up his sleeve. I mean, if I remember correctly, he brought Brandon Staley in to try to figure out that Vic Fangio defense because that's kind of what crushed him in the Super Bowl year when they lost to the Patriots and the Bears during the regular season when Brandon Staley was, I think, on that Bears staff. So hopefully he's learned some tricks since then to, to kind of take it to Brandon Staley a little bit. But I have to think Brandon Staley's learned some things since he was coaching with Sean McVay a couple of years ago too. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Of course, Brandon Staley's defense, a little bit more at full force than Sean McVay's offense, especially as you mentioned with Joey Boza coming back. So he and Cleo Mack, who's a, always a formidable player, yeah. is, are going to be lined up opposite each other. And that's really going to stress the Rams tackles and Rob Havenstein and Ty Nasecki. So this offensive line has really performed well of late, and it's allowed Baker Mayfield to really operate. Maybe they struggled a bit against the Packers, who strangely don't have that vaunted of a pass rush, but uh, you really have to be encouraged by what they've done recently. And, you know, one player that the Chargers are going to be without on defense is safety Derwin James, yep. who, you know, had that big hit a week ago and Huge. was ejected from the game, right? Yep. Didn't get a suspension, but he's actually been ruled out already with the concussion. So, Maybe that's you know mother's mother nature's way of giving him a suspension or something, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then Xander Horvath, the fullback, officially questionable, but probably would expect him to be available. So uh, I guess Daniel, this this Chargers defense, they're pretty solid, right? They're going to limit the big plays, but how do the Rams start attacking these guys? And you know, you have some familiar faces in Morgan Fox and Sebastian Joseph Day. What were your thoughts on you know their time with the Rams and what they've been able to do with the Chargers and the the ta- the challenge that they you know, present this weekend? I think we'll see if some of you know getting some new players on the Chargers team because I think they want to get some winners. I think the Chargers on paper have been a great team for a while, even back with Philip Rivers and now with Justin Herbert. 
It's just, can they get over the, the hump as it were? Can they win a playoff game? Can they really make a run? We know they're in the playoffs now. So hopefully with players like Morgan Fox, I mean, I, I'm a Rams fan, obviously, but I like Justin Herbert. I like Brandon Staley. I can root for him on the AFC side. Not, not this Sunday, obviously. So if Morgan Fox and if Sebastian Joseph day can kind of bring some of those winning ways to that team, show them how to kind of close games out and maybe stay in games that they maybe are down in, but still have a chance to win in. I think that can really help turn the franchise around as far as the chargers go. So they can maybe take it a little bit further than, uh, than they have. I think the expectations have been there. It's a matter of them meeting the expectations, which again, all credit to the Rams last year, they were supposed to win the super bowl and they, they did. So we'll kind of see if the chargers can at least get to the championship game, which in a pretty loaded AFC might be tougher than, than, than I think. Yeah, that's exactly kind of how I view it. And Kenneth Arthur and I talked about the big picture for the Chargers on the midweek podcast. But uh, whenever you talk about these other AFC powers and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and the Bills with Josh Allen and the Bengals with Joe Burrow, those guys are all operating on a different level than this Chargers offense and Justin Herbert. As encouraged as people are, and you know, the people are ready to you know, loft Her- Herbert up into that top three, top five status. But, yeah. you know, the eye test just tells you something different. And maybe the play calling is hyper-conservative. You know, Joe Barty's been the receipt of a lot of criticism this year. But if you're a superstar quarterback and you really are that elite level of talent, you should ascend beyond and transcend the, you know, any hyper-conservatism or bad play calling by your offensive coordinator. So I think that's maybe the next step we need to see from Herbert in order to be in the same conversation as those guys. But if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm the Bengals, if I'm the Bills and I'm playing the Chargers, you know, I feel pretty good about that matchup. So we'll see how the Rams fare against them, of course, but the Rams are a different story than those three teams, right? hundred percent. I mean, they're the definition of beaten, battered and broken right now, and they're still finding ways to compete and win, which is great. And I think too, what the Chargers have as long as I think Austin Eckler's got a little bit of a lower leg thing might be a knee thing, but if he's healthy and they can give him the rock 15 to 20 times a game, that guy's a touchdown waiting to happen. So if they can get into the playoffs with Bosa and Mac, the Chargers and, and lean on the run game and Herbert plays clean football, I think they can beat anybody. But to your point, I would favor the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals easily over the Chargers right now. Yeah, of course. And, you know, the Chargers clinched a playoff berth last week of the win over the Colts, but it was kind of an ugly game. And, you know, Herbert had some turnovers. Uh, you know, the Colts offense really had didn't have much going for them. No. Nick Foles was woeful at best when he was just launching the ball. And it was former Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. Yep. It's just <laughs> yeah. funny. But, and, you know, former Rams quarterback, of course, whenever yep. the Rams traded for him from the Eagles. You're right. Uh, so what a fall from grace for him. But what are your thoughts on maybe how this Rams defense matches up against Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense? Are you maybe watching Jalen Ramsey versus Mike Williams? Do you think it's Bobby Wagner versus Austin Eckler, you know, a dangerous player touchdown threat, as you mentioned, uh, which matchup do you think is most intriguing? I have to think they're going to move because Jalen, at least with Raheem Morris, I think he plays that quote star position. So I would think he'll move around, but I bet he's matched up on Williams more than often because they're both big bodies. They both long stride and, and we don't want Williams to beat us over top. I do worry about Keenan Allen without a doubt. I mean, even um, I think they've got Gerald Everett on the squad too, former Ram and he, he, sh- he flashes. Um, so, I mean, we'll kind of see how it all falls into play, but as far as the Rams defense m- matching up with the chargers, Stop the run, you know, keep uh, Austin Eckler. And I think it's Joshua Kelly under control if you can um, to the best of your ability. And then watch out for the deep shots. I think where they might get beat and, and Bobby Wagner has been playing great. I just wouldn't be surprised if there's a few third and sevens, third and nines even. And Herbert finds a way to just hit Keenan Allen in a perfect intermediate route where it's just like 
you know, you got the best coverage and he's still making it happen. He splits the zone or beats his man. So it could be tough in that from that perspective. But if we can get the Chargers offense off the field, maybe get Herbert to a point where he gets more gunslinger mode, starts taking shots. We might have a chance to limit that offense if we can control the sticks on defense, which I, I'm sure you can say that about any matchup, but especially with somebody like Herbert, when he starts cooking, um, I know he's no Russell Wilson, so to speak, but when Herbert gets going, he, like you said, he can be a top five quarterback, no doubt. Yeah, and I'm interested to see how the Rams try to stop Austin Eckler. If you have Bobby Wagner on him and pass coverage for most of the day, that's probably a mismatch that's unfavorable for the Rams. But the Rams have also used Taylor Rapp as a box player yep. on passing downs, and maybe he favor- he matches up better against the speedy running back a little bit better. Uh, and Maybe you have Williams or Ramsey against Williams, and so you have, you're trying to take away Eckler with a, a box safety maybe. And really the Joker player is going to be Keenan Allen, and he has a big size advantage over someone – maybe like Kobe Durant that's going to be playing inside mm-hmm. who, you know, was a, in college was an outside corner mainly, but has kind of found more versatility in the NFL, interestingly enough. But um, whoever Keenan Allen is matched up against, that corner needs to step up. Maybe that's Darion Kendrick. Uh, I don't think Darry- David Long Jr. Is, has really played much in recent weeks. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who steps up. And maybe that's Troy Hill as well. But, you know, maybe we can talk about the Rams offense too a little bit against this Chargers defense. Um, are you like, I've been making the point, right. That you're not going to have the downfield passing attack. You're going to have to rely on the underneath coverage. Is there any maybe X factors you're relying on in this game? Are you expecting a big game from K makers? Maybe I was going to, I think everybody's talking about him. I mean, he's the darling of fantasy circles right now. And even in the NFL, he's been a top running back just out of production standpoint, yards and touchdowns go. And, and he's looked pretty good. I mean, I think he's looked kind of like he looked before that injury. Um, and for whatever reason, last year or last year, Last week, we were bullying the Broncos defensive line, which really was a shock because that's a really good defense. So I'm a little skeptical to see if our offensive line plays like that. I'm a little skeptical to see if Cam Akers is getting five to 10 yards a carry. Um, but if they can lean on Cam, I, yeah. And, and I guess if I'm not by the metrics, the Chargers are a bit of a weaker run defense. But I feel like that's kind of Brandon Staley's way. And Raheem Morris does a little bit too. that bend don't break. Like, sure, we'll give up five, six yards. And you can keep running on us, but we're going to tighten up in the red zone and we're not going to let you score touchdowns that way. So we'll see if the Rams can find a way to break that. I mean, maybe leaning on Cam and then doing some reverse sweeps with Tutu Atwell, like you said, maybe that'll kind of fool the Chargers a little bit. And without the safety help from Derwin James, that could be a big deal. But I mean, if Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa take the game over, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, you have to establish the run to keep those edge rushers off balance, right? And, you know it's going to be a tough matchup for this Rams offense, especially in the passing game. That's where this Chargers defense specializes, but that defensive line, you can get after them. And we know we're familiar with Sebastian Joseph day, of course, in the interior, but he's a starting level player, but he's not, you know, he's an average starter at best. He's not anything special. And this Chargers defense by most major, most measures have a bottom five run defense where that's traditional yards per carry averages or DVOA, the advanced metrics, whatever you like to use. So um, this is a prime opportunity for K-Makers to step up You're without Brian Allen. So, you know, Coleman Shelton's been a bit of an up-and-down player. I know he's a bit of a fan favorite, right? But, you know, he can struggle sometimes in run and creating holes in the running game just because he's kind of an undersized guy. But, you know, maybe we see some Kyron Williams too, and that allows Baker Mayfield maybe in the passing game. Williams is a high-volume pass catcher. So maybe you can get those checkdowns, get those yards, yards after the catch, and keep moving the chains, stay ahead of those downs, and then the pass rushers can't tee off on you. So I think if the Rams deploy Williams more, 
maybe, you know, people in the fantasy championships that recently picked up Cam Akers and he's teared into the promised land. They're going to be a little disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the former fifth round rookie in this game too. So uh, any thoughts on that, Daniel, any final thoughts on the Rams offense? Yeah. As far as Kyron Williams goes, and this is a bit of a self plug, but a few months ago when there was the Cam Akers drama and Daryl Henderson might've been hurt and eventually he got cut. I wrote a little piece on Kyron Williams. It wasn't the biggest piece, but I, I, I really thought they were going to lean on Kyron Williams. I was obviously wrong. Things worked out with Cam Akers, quote unquote, and he's back in the fold. Um, but I would love to see Kyron Williams kind of get a bit of a showcase day um, with Cam Akers running the way he is. I'm not saying let's take away from Cam, but if they want to feature Kyron a little bit, I think it'd be fun for the fans. See what we have. Uh, maybe he kind of I haven't seen too much of him, but it does kind of remind me a little bit of a Daryl Henderson. And so far as he seems like a great pass catcher um, and, and maybe more of a, a third down back than a, than a first and second down back. But obviously we saw Daryl Henderson particularly last year with Cam Akers hurt. I mean, he carried the load. So if they can have a good one-two punch with Cam and Kyron, I I kind of feel like that's a modern – I mean, we see the Cowboys. I know they didn't have Pollard last week, but Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard were really carrying the load. If you can have two guys, I think that just – who can do similar things and you can call similar plays confuses the defense. So I agree if they can – if they can get Kyron Williams going, I think that would be in their favor. But like you said, we'll kind of have to see. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of Kyron Williams coming out of the draft when the Rams picked him in the fifth round. He's a pretty limited athlete, more shiftier than fast, you would say, about him. But he's ran physical. He's created yards after contact in a way that I didn't really expect him to be able to do. So I think, you know, admittedly, the jury's still out on him as a player, and we just haven't seen enough of him to be able to tell no. what his role is going to be in this offense moving forward. So got to give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, maybe he's a James White-type player in the NFL, a yeah, third down that's back. A good one. I like that. Maybe can excel in pass protection as well. So um, he's going to be a part of this team in 2023, probably along with Cam Akers, but the Rams and the draft at least need to reinforce that position, add some depth too. So uh, let's get into some predictions and closing thoughts. So the Rams are hoping to finish the season at seven and 10. They're five and 10 right now. Uh, If they get to that point, that's actually going to mean that Baker Mayfield won more games than Matthew Stafford. We talk about the Raiders, Broncos, and maybe these final two. So uh, probably an outcome we never saw coming at the beginning of the season, right? And, you know, Daniel, the Rams aren't really – they're not jockeying for draft position, right? It doesn't really help them to lose out when you're talking about picking it 35th overall versus maybe like 42nd. So does does it mean more to you to win these final two games and maybe have a, a higher draft pick slightly? I think absolutely, and I I think kind of a little deviation, but just with how close the NFC is, I mean, if they could have beaten the Buccaneers and beaten Seattle, which are two games that they were leading in the closing minutes and, and just lost, I mean, they'd be right in the thick of the race. I mean, they still would need some help, but they'd be in it. So it's just disappointing that they're out of it at this point. But regardless, we're going to watch the season close out. And yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that Sean McVay instilled since he got there is, look, whether we're in it or not, as far as the postseason goes, we want to build a winning culture. And I remember when they were eliminated uh, after the Super Bowl loss, they were eliminated. They lost to the Niners. Uh, that was a wild shootout, I think, in, uh, back when there was only 16 games in the season. They lost the 15th game to the Niners, but then they came back and beat the Cardinals, and they ended up, I think, going 9-7, and seven, whatever it was, but they obviously didn't make the postseason. So, yeah, I think that stuff matters. I mean, you build a winning culture. You want to keep winning. Everybody knows what it's like to lose. Nobody wants to go through that. I mean, you can learn from a loss, sure, but as they say, it's a lot easier to learn from a win. And to your point, I don't really know that there's much benefit at losing right now. They should try to win out. And then as far as Baker goes, this is probably wishful thinking. And 
I'm not like, let's get rid of Matt Stafford by any stretch, but I would love it if they could get Baker as a backup for a year or two. And if he wants to take the reins, that's probably far-fetched. Um, I was thinking today, I almost wonder if we want Baker to lose the next two games so the Rams can get him on a cheap deal, but I have a feeling he's going to play well. And whether he loses these next two or wins, some team's going to want to give him a shot. I mean, he's looked really, he's looked like the Baker Mayfield, I think, when Cleveland was winning games and when they won a playoff game. I think he's looked really sharp. We'll see the consistency, I think, has been the thing for Baker, but probably say that about a lot of players. So we'll see. Yeah, probably after winning that Raiders game. Baker Mayfield already put enough on tape to be able to be a starter in 2023 yep. somewhere, 100%. right? Just because it was so exciting and really against all odds and really flashed that arm talent that just immediately was an upgrade over John Wolford and Bryce Perkins. But I think sometimes we don't take into account the difficulty that Baker Mayfield's faced in his career. He comes in as a rookie on a Browns team that was like one in 31 yep. up leading up to that point where he was drafted. Hugh Jackson's his head coach. He was the guy responsible for getting the team up to that point, the losing record. Of course, he gets fired halfway through the season. Greg Williams is an interim head coach. Freddie Kitchens is the offensive coordinator. They, you know, catch some momentum over the second half of the season. Mayfield looks really promising as a former number one overall pick. Freddie Kitchens is named the head coach the next year, and it all falls apart. And, you know, and then you hire, you have the next guy, an offensive guru, Kevin Stefanski, that maybe like now that Deshaun Watson is in the fold, you like, are we so sure he's an offensive guru and maybe that system is set up for success because, you know, Watson was regarded as a top five quarterback before that trade. Of course, you know, he missed a lot of time with the suspension and such, but I mean, I just don't know how to feel about that. And whenever you see players like Odell Beckham Jr. who left the Browns and immediately came more productive with the Rams, I think it's just something to think about that maybe we're not giving enough credit to how bad that Browns team was. And, you know, the Panthers of Matt Rule, I'm not sure any starting quarterback could have been successful. You <laughs> trade away Christian McCaffrey and, you know, things get better instantly whenever rule is gone. So maybe if we saw Baker Mayfield on this version of the Panthers team, we think a little bit differently of him. But I mean, if you're a team in 2023, you could probably talk yourself into Baker Mayfield pretty easily. You agree? A hundred percent. And I'm going to backtrack real quick because I thought about this. We got Austin Corbett from the Browns for like a second round pick. Baker Mayfield comes uh, from the Browns. And you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. I'm wondering if the Rams should start scouring the Browns roster for players. I mean, that's three for three that they hit on. Uh, They obviously won a Super Bowl with Odell and Austin. And with Baker, I mean, I I don't know. I think they'd still be on a losing streak without him. All due respect to Wolford and Perkins. So that's huge. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And I think you hit the nail on the head as far as the, the Kevin Stefanski if they get the ball running with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but I feel like if they have to lean on the pass in that offense, I, I haven't been too impressed. I mean, I'm not an NFL coach by any stretch, but I think it does kind of start to call into question what Stefanski's really bringing there when the run game's not working. So we'll, we'll kind of see what that looks like. That sounds like a great article idea with the three Browns players you mentioned. So. I thought about, I haven't put it together. If you want to take it, go, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've had that thought. No joke. I, I, I don't know. It hit me one day while I was taking a walk. It's just one of those things. Well, so back to Rams Chargers, I think that's a great thought that you just had, though, Daniel. Um, to me, I think the Rams have more to play for in this game just because the Chargers locked up their playoff spot a week ago. It was probably an emotional win. It was a Monday night game. You get less time to prepare. It was kind of an ugly game for them, but they fought and they scrapped and they came out on top. So what are they playing for in this game? It really doesn't make any difference. Uh, probably week 18 is more important for them in terms of seeding and standing. So let's say I think the Rams are going to come out on top. I'm not going to make any type of score prediction, but are you kind of going that way, Daniel? 
I, I, so I think that to your point at best, I think they can get the fifth seed, which isn't the biggest deal because either way, if they play the Bengals or the chiefs or the bills who are probably the top three teams are probably going to have to travel. So that's kind of set. I do think what they want to do, and this is my opinion when they get close to the red zone, and this is me having Justin Herbert in a fantasy league and kind of watching it. They started running the ball when they get about 10 yards out and they're kind of trying to limit the Herbert mistakes is, is my thinking. So I almost wonder if they're going to want to flip the script on that and try to get Herbert ready to strike the end zone. Maybe that happens this week. Maybe that happens next week. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. And they keep leaning on Austin Eckler. So I would say the chargers keeping their flow and their rhythm going because they've had some heartbreaking losses. I mean, even last year, you know, beat or tie the Raiders to get in and they lose on a field goal. I think they know they need to keep momentum, keep winning. I kind of think Jacksonville is in the same boat. Keep that momentum, keep growing Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I, it's a toss up to me. I'm a Rams fan. I'm going to lean Rams. If the Rams can get Cam Akers going, if he can get a couple touchdowns, uh, great. But I mean, if the Rams are down 21-7 at halftime, it's tough to see the Rams. I know they came back against the Raiders, but I think that's a special case. It's hard to see the Rams in full comeback mode, especially like you said, the deep shots are probably going to be limited. I hope we're wrong. I hope 2-2 gets hit for a 75-yard or 60-yard or whatever. That'd be great. But to your point, if they fall behind, I think they're in trouble. But if the Rams can control the clock, run the ball, uh, keep the Chargers offense on the field, and maybe wear down Khalil Mack and Bosa, who's just coming off injury, that would be a recipe for success, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. And the last thing I want to get your thoughts on is, you know, this has been labeled as a battle for L.A., it's the two teams that have spent the last, you know, three to five years building their base, building a fan base and expanding that in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, the Rams are always going to be kind of viewed as the original team. They were there before. It's their stadium. The Chargers just kind of the tenants in their building, right? But what does this game have? Like, what impact and what meaning does it have based on the outcome? Or do you kind of weigh in the general public kind of weigh playoff wins, Super Bowls, and a winning culture more maybe the like the explosive moves that the Rams make every offseason do you think that means a little bit more to people or do you think it's all eyes on this game in Los Angeles this weekend I think that if this is probably not the best answer but I think if they lose these couple games and then let's say they start off next year five and oh we can say hey those two losses didn't matter but if the Rams lose these two games and they start off next year as kind of a mess we'll say wow that, that momentum with Baker really fell through so it's one of those things where we won't know until we know, but that being said, we can only kind of work with what we have now live in the present, so to speak. So I say, let's try to win out. Let's feel good with the off season. It's not the season we wanted, but Hey, seven and 10 is definitely better than uh, I guess five and 12. It would be, which would be not, not good. That's almost not to, I don't mean to bury Jeff Fisher, but that kind of reminds me of that kind of record. And I'll give credit to Jeff Fisher. I thought he came in with a broken Rams team and tried to turn him around, but he can only take them so far. So I give Sean McVay all the credit in the world for really, really taking the Rams to where they wanted to go. Uh, so, yeah, I say let's try to win out as far as is it going to set the tone for next year or, or, or how important is it to people? I guess we'll find out. And then just on a fan level, which with you being at the Raiders game um, uh, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, um, do you have any plans to go to this game, if I may ask? And, and you don't have to answer, but I guess I'm just kind of curious how the L.A. fans are about Chargers, Rams, how, how much they get into it, because both teams are pretty similar. you got Sean McVay, Brandon Staley. Uh, they're both fun teams to root for, fun teams to watch. I, I don't dislike either team, even though I'm a Rams fan. Yeah, I won't be at this game tomorrow, but I was at the last Rams-Chargers game, and it definitely was probably 70% Rams fans, 30% okay. Chargers fans. And you know the Rams won that game pretty handily. 
Corey Littleton had a blocked punt, and that was you know that was a year they were en route to the Super Bowl, of course. So I, I don't put too much stock in this game. I don't live in Los Angeles either, so I, maybe you know I'm trying to explain this, and I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight or uh, really know what I'm talking about in a lot of ways. But um, you know, the Chargers were on the brink of being eliminated from playoff contention, and maybe having to you know oust Brandon Staley and just maybe a month ago at the start of November, and they've really turned it away and turned it around in a big way, and um, things could easily could have been a lot different. And this, we could be talking about Sean Payton in Los Angeles, and in the grand scheme of things, I think Brandon Staley remaining with the team is favorable to the Rams over having someone like Sean Payton, where he's literally going to be the talk of the NFL. But I think I, I, I'll say this too, and you kind of jog my. I didn't say this part, but I do think if nothing else, Sean McVay and Brandon Staley both want to win. They're highly competitive. I know they're friends off the field. I know Brandon Staley, you know, speaks highly of Sean McVay. He's like, I don't, wouldn't have a job without him, which, you know, is that true? I don't know. But certainly coaching with Sean McVay helped a lot. So I think they both want to win the game. So it might mean more to them as head coaches than a lot of the fans. But, uh, but we'll kind of see. There's definitely reasons to play. And as always, I mean, these Rams players, they're competitive. They're professionals. And that's kind of what I've seen this year. That's been my biggest takeaway is even when they're on a five-game losing streak, they're still trying to win. And all due respect to Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos, because I'm sorry he lost his job. That's unfortunate for him. However, that team looked lost last week on Christmas. And, and the Rams, as bad and as woeful as they looked, I don't think they've looked lost like that. So we'll kind of see what happens. Hopefully they can keep some momentum going. Nice. Yeah, that would definitely be great. And so, Daniel, what post do you have planned for after the game? Can people find you on social media? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my writing name is Danny Stone. Uh, I'll be doing the game thread tomorrow is my plan. Um, so that should be fun. Feel free to read the game thread, whoever is listening. Um, I think even if it's a Rams blowout, I, I think my thread's fine, but the comments are really fun. I, I think you can find Solace and other Rams fans going through exactly what you're going through. And, hey, if the Rams are winning tomorrow, usually it's a lot more fun to read the comments and kind of read the art, the, the actual game thread. We'll do our random ransoms every week. And, you know, to your point, I appreciate the compliment JB, because you've done some great articles this year from Stafford to, to just everything that I've read from your work. So I appreciate you saying that maybe I will do a Rams Browns article. Maybe we should uh, get some more Browns players on our team. Yeah, I absolutely think you should. It never dawned on me. I think that's a great point, but thank you. you know, I'll be back with winners and losers after the game. That's always fun to, you guys always disagree with me out there, the fans, and we, we'll we'll discuss it out in the comments and really, you know, go back and forth on that one. So, and then Chris Daniel, Kenneth Arthur, and I will be back immediately after the game for the Instant Reaction podcast. And you know, we're closing down on the season, and really, we only have a few a few weeks left, and we just got to cherish this. And hopefully, the Rams can build some momentum into 2023. But thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you after the game.